Yo, it's the real, turn it up, let your speakers bump With that good news all up in your eardrum West Coast, living life in the sun Missing still remains to see the whole West one While y'all be stacking them ones, I'll be building on the sun Living life to the fullest with convictions and fun Life with God, it's sweet like a plum But if your last breath is sin, then that's it, you're done Pacific Coast on that Navy Riding through the city, looking clean like a Chevy Prayed up, so you know we packing heavy 66 on that clip, boy, you know we stay ready Cause hold my bars, point to the stars Out here in the West, we hold it down for the scars Fully intoxicated like a bar But filled with the spirit, so you know who's driving the car Come on, cross hanging Hey, what's good, friends and family? It's your boy, the People's Preacher, and you're tuned in to another amazing episode of the AV Podcast. First of all, I want to give a big shout out to our last uh, interview with Brother Jimmy. Sincerely, Duran came through, shared his experience of over 30 years of ministry, outreaching in uh, Christian oldies and uh, how uh, he he embraced uh, the call of God on his life, uh, how he was changed, how he was transformed. And so right here on the AV podcast, you know, the goal is to tell the God story, to tell people about what Jesus has done for us. And so, again, a big shout out to all those who uh, supported the last interview, all those who uh, shared, all those who liked and subscribed to the YouTube channel. But let's continue to uh, share the testimonies of Jesus. Amen. Each and every person that comes on, it's about Jesus. It's about what God can do with a bunch of nobodies. You know, not only do we like to interview people because they have exciting and they have entertaining testimonies, but because I like to show that God can use a bunch of nobodies to tell everybody about somebody who can save their soul. So we're right here on the AV. That's what we do. We tell stories and we give God glory. Remember, you can check me out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all your major uh, digital uh, podcast platforms. Amen. But tonight is a a special night. As you can tell, I got my outsider shirt on. So you know what it is. You know, you probably already know who it is. But tonight we got a special, special brother in the house. He's going to talk about his life, ministry, uh, the gospel, the word of God. This brother has so much to offer. Amen. So tonight I pray that you are blessed that you are encouraged, that you are provoked, the Bible says, unto good works. So with no further ado, I want to, let's see, no further ado, I want to welcome my brother, Brother Vince. What's good, my brother? How you doing hey, what's today? Up, bro? How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Talk to us, man. Tell us what you're doing, where you're at. I know you said you just got done doing a Bible study with the family, and yeah. that's amazing, bro. Um you told me earlier, hey, I'm going to do Bible study with the family at us, and then I'm going to hit you up. Yeah. Man, talk to us a little bit about how important is that as a man to, you know, to do Bible study and not to wait till church service. I, you know, I um, well, first of all, we have a mandate, right, to make disciples, right? 
And when I say make disciples, it's not, um, it's not like, look at me. It's let me show you how to follow Jesus. You know, let me point to Jesus. So like definitely making disciples is, is, uh, is, um, pointing to Jesus, not pointing to ourselves. And, um, so, like, we know that, you know, we're a steward over whatever God gave us. So, mm, my family, on. you know, my family is, um, God blessed me with the family. Um, again, you know, not getting into the testimony yet, but, like, I'm grateful to have this family because I don't deserve it. You know, mm. I, I, there's, no, there's no way that I should even have my wife still of 28 years. Um, oh, you know, on. my older son, my oldest son, 27, serving God, um, married with my grandbabies, um, my daughter, you know, um, living for the Lord. Um, my my little man, like it's just amazing. It just blows me away. Yeah, so it's important, you know. Discipleship's important. I mean, because we can just go out there and preach the gospel and do outreaches and events, and and then uh, do nothing for our families. Amen. Yeah. And we've seen that uh, time and time again. But before we go any further, I always like to give the the the, the guest an opportunity to share what we call go tos. You know, a lot of times in life, you know, uh, we go through things. You know the We'll, we'll probably get into this too, but there's a there's a gospel being preached that God wants you to just, it's going to be awesome and you're going to get everything you want and nothing bad's going to happen. And, and you know, you're just going to have this wonderful life. And that's just at times we go through things, trials and sickness and lack and need. And we know that there's only one source and that is God's word. Amen. Amen. So go ahead and share the scripture of the day with us, brother. Um, um, I think the question was my go-to scripture, right? So for me, it's 2 Corinthians 5.21, that he became sin who knew no sin, so I could become the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. And the reason why that's my go-to is because, well, first of all, we know that the enemy is the accuser of the brethren, so he's constantly accusing us. He's constantly lying to us, constantly, um, you know, bombarding our minds, right? Because um, the, the, the war is in our head, right? It says to cast down every vain imagination, right? And the thing is, it's a reminder to me that my righteousness is not my own, right? And the Bible says to put on the armor of God, right? And take up the shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts. So when the enemy is throwing those darts of accusation, of depression, of fear, anxiety, whatever it is, you take up that shield of faith that declares that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, right? So when, the, when even though I might not feel like it at the time, um, that truth right, will quench the darts because mm. my identity is, is found in what the Bible says, not in what I feel, right? Feelings are misleading. So yes. when the enemy comes, I remind them that my righteousness is in Christ, Second Corinthians 5.21. So I encourage everybody to do that. <laughs> no, no, amen. You know, and you know, uh, you, you, you hit something that a lot of people go through. We, we are living in a country where we're having a, an identity crisis where people don't know who they are, don't know whose they are. They Men want to be women, women want to be men. You know, people don't know who they are. And then, you know, you get, you look at the church and a lot of times, you know, like you said, I got to remind myself first and I have to remind the enemy who I am. Because a lot of times, you know, uh, circumstances and, and, and feelings, like you said, they'll try to change that. They'll try to change your mind on who you really are. And uh, yeah, amen. What a what an amazing um, scripture that you chose. Go ahead and um, give us that scripture one more time for the people. Second Corinthians 5.21. He became sin who knew no sin, so I could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Substitutionary penal atonement. Right? Ooh, he paid on. a price that I couldn't pay. And I, I, his 
righteousness is imputed to me by faith, by grace through faith. And therefore, I stand in right standing with God. So when the enemy comes and accuses, I, I, I do like Jesus did. It is written. It is written. Mm. It is written. And when he can't, that's how you resist and he flees. And man, we're gonna have Bible study tonight. We're gonna have we're gonna have Bible college tonight. We're gonna learn. Uh, we're, I'm here to learn with my brother. So before we go any further, I wanted to uh, go ahead and introduce yourself one more time. Tell us where you're coming from. You know, and uh, I think what I want to do tonight is I want people to see that side uh, the, that you're bigger than a clothing line in a sense. You're, you're more than the outsider's brand. You're more than uh, you know. The, uh, you're you're a father. You're a brother. You're a friend. You're you're an uh, you're an evangelist, you know. You're 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 someone who, who what do you call it? Uh, who loves the Lord and who loves His Word and 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 I just first of all want to thank you, brother. You're an you're an inspiration, and encouragement to those that that uh, you know. Because uh, a lot of times, you know, we think you know it's okay. How good? How much can I do for God? And, mm -hmm. and we're not effective. And so I just want to thank you for your your exampleship. And um, go ahead, uh, talk to us a little bit, brother. All right, so my name is Vincent Serrano the fourth. Oh, come on. Uh, yeah, so my son's the fifth, and we have a baby Vinny coming who's gonna be the sixth. Not <laughs> Yeah, my uh, my my grandson. He's he's not born yet, but he's coming. Um, you know, it's, it was just awesome because my dad just recently passed away, and just that that legacy, that that godly legacy, right? Mm, come is on. gonna be is gonna keep going because of uh, Christ in us. Um, I'm married to my high school sweetheart, 28 years. We've been Come dating on. though since 1991. So yeah, so that's uh, a lot of years. <laughs> um, so, so um, you know, it was a lot of trials, a lot of hardships because we we're both immature when we met and um, we had um, my oldest son when we were young. And um, by the grace of God, we stayed together. Um, I don't deserve to have her. I, I did her foul, I did her wrong. and. We're both young and just not very bright and just not ready to be parents, you know. And but um, God and His sovereignty kept us together, you know. And we have a beautiful family and uh, grandchildren, and we're madly in love. Like if Amen. I don't even know how to explain it, man. All to say this is that in my sin, I destroyed her, and then God restored her, and I have a better wife than I could ever have. Like it's just crazy. Amen. So, uh, how many grandbabies you got so far? Well, I got two and one and one's on the way, one in the oven. So on a scale of one to ten, is it better being a grandpa or better being a, a daddy? Well, it's, it, it was easy. It was, I feel more comfortable being a dad yeah. because I got to let my son be dad. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, there's a joke in my house where they call me Mr. Crudes. I don't know if you ever saw the cartoon, like he's real protective. Okay. Like, I'm protect. I'm real protective because I know, like I told, I told my son, it's not I don't trust you. I just don't trust Satan. Ooh, you know what I mean? On. I've been there. I've done that. So you don't have to be there and do that. You know? So like people say live and learn. I say live and I'll teach. <laughs> Ooh, come on. And then you uh, you spoke about a legacy. And, uh, you know, a lot of times uh, we get uh, the word legacy. Uh, I think we misunderstood. Well, the world says legacy looks this way. Yeah. And the church says legacy looks this way. But the word of God tells us. Otherwise, how important, uh, what are some of the things you're doing within your family, not only to name your kids, all, all, all the boys Vince, yeah. but what are you doing that you can share with us to build that legacy of Jesus that, and 
five five generations um, down the line, they're gonna remember Grandpa, great great grandpa Vince the fourth, yeah. Vince yeah. the fourth. What are you doing that uh, is is helping that? Talk yeah. To us. So basically, I heard uh, Francis Chan say this right a long, a long time ago. He said, um, we, could, we could begin to idolize our family. You might have been like on fire when you were in the youth group or in your, in your church. And as soon as you had kids, it was us us four no more, right? But see, your kids, um, you don't want them to grow up uh, just hearing about Jesus. You want them to see Jesus in action, right? So what you do is you take steps of faith. They see you take risks. They see you go out in the community. They see you maybe lay hands on the sick. They see Maybe they see you um, feeding the hungry. They see you struggle, like financially, you know, giving into every good work. And that that religion, that faith becomes real. It's not just something that they hear about, but it's something they experience. They got to see God show up in those circumstances. So when, when it's their time to go on, it wasn't just uh, mom and dad's quote unquote religion. It was real because they got to see that it was real. So I, ever since they were little, ever since I gave my life to Jesus, I took them everywhere, to every outreach, to every Bible study. I don't care if they were running around in the pews or running around in the back. I, I didn't care if they were, you know, on their, their video game council on their phone, but they were around it. And guess what happened? God's word is alive and it's active. And God draws, drew them, you know, he drew them. And now they all serve God. And they, my son, my oldest son has a ministry. My daughter's a second grade school teacher in, at a Christian school. She's able to teach the Bible in her class, like it just blows me away. You know, my little guy, man, he's, he goes to a private school mm. and like he has more scripture memorized than me. Amen. Like, every week they <laughs> memorize the scripture, you know what I mean? So this word Praise of God, God is getting stacked up in his heart and he's taking steps recently to, to share the gospel, which is amazing. And um, I'm, I'm excited, like, you know, my wife supports everything I do. She goes with me everywhere. Like, so if you see us outreach, it's rare you see me by myself with just a bunch of brothers. Like I'm mm -hmm. out there with my family. Amen. You know, talk to us a little bit about that. Um, maybe there's some um, women out there. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to cause any, uh, I'm not trying to ruffle feathers, but yeah. how important for you, that how important has it been for you to have your wife co-labor with you in the things yeah. of God versus she's at home supporting you, taking care of the kids while yeah. you're out doing the work of her. Talk to us. Well, I'll say it wasn't, like I said, I put my wife through a lot. So it wasn't always like her with me by my side. Mm -hmm. And so like, there's like a big lie that a lot of churches tell people like, well, if your wife's not right next to you, then you can't do ministry. No, mm -hmm. men are called to lead, Amen. right? So when you lead, sometimes they're not right next to you. You know what I mean? Sometimes okay. you just, you stay faithful. But here's the thing, it has to be something you're really called to do because some people have ambitious um, dreams. Like you hear about pastors getting divorced. Maybe you weren't supposed to be a pastor. Mm. Maybe you were supposed to just uh, serve your, your household, right? Right? Or maybe you weren't supposed to, you know, go um, be a missionary and you drag your family along, right? Maybe that was just your ambition, mm. right? But when you're called to do something, you think God's not going to take care of everything that, that's needed? So, like, I have an analogy real quick. This is how God gave it to me. Um, you know, when Obama was elected president, right, a lot of people say that he would have been um, assassinated because he was the first black president or something. And um, but what what in the natural? If we elect somebody, we send the CIA, the FBI, Secret Service men, police. We protect our president because because we call them to that, right? So if God calls us to something, you think He's not going to protect our interests? 
He's not going to protect our wife, our kids, our marriage. Like, but that's the thing. We have to be sure that God called us to do it. And it's not just something ambitious. Mm, that's a, that is a, I think a lot of times people, uh, they don't, they do what, uh, like you said, they're ambitious. Uh, they like the limelight. They like the front row. Yeah. They like the attention. One of the greatest uh, band-aids that I've seen is leadership. Because a lot of guys, they're in leadership and they're insecure, they're immature, uh, they're there for the, all the wrong reasons, and then that's when we get church hurt. That's when we get leaders who, who manipulate and take, take, a, take this as a way of getting something done and, and, and building their own little kingdoms. You know, yeah. Someone once said, are we here to build our empires, our individual empires, or are we really building the kingdom? So uh, that's uh, very vital. Talk to us a little bit about, okay, so we, we know, uh, for those who don't know, Brother Vince is, is, is very active in the community. He's got the clothing line we'll talk about in a minute, the outreach and the Bible study. Uh, he does uh, the, the music, uh, the, uh, the Outsiders Music Group. Talk to us a little bit about how God has, you know, for us as men, I think the hardest thing when we, because we love ministry and we love to do things for God. Um, what are some advice you can give or some pointers you can give on how you have been able to keep that balance to serve your family, to serve the community, to do your ministry? What are some of the pointers, maybe some some principles or some things that have helped you over the years to to somewhat balance that out? So you don't either go to, you're not lacking to the yeah. point where, you know, you're on your way to divorce or bankruptcy, yeah. whatever it may be. Well, I'll say this, man. It's a principle, and it's it's, it's in the Bible. Um, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Right? Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's enough to worry about. Look at the lilies of the field. Look at the birds of the air. You know the context. He provides yes. everything that you need. Right? So if you put God, like it's my sound cliche, you put God first and His purpose in your life, everything balances out mm, because God's a God of order. Right? So you seek first the kingdom of God. Guess what? You're your wife is not going to be neglected. She's going to be, um, you're going to, because that's just going to be the fruit of seeking God. Mm, you're going to be, on. you're going to tend your wife. You're going to spend time with her. You're going to take care of your kids. I say the most active ministry, part of the season that I was uh, the most active is when I was coaching my daughter. I was working two jobs and, you know, me and my wife, you know, we would go out of town once in a while. We would date night and there was like so much ministry going on. And I'm like, how? Right. Like, how is all this ministry going on when I'm so involved in all these things in my family's lives? Because that's how God is. You know what I mean? Mm, when you yeah. honor God, you honor your family. And then God, if you give, if you're faithful with a little bit, he gives you more. Right? So, and mm -hmm. I, I just, his hand's all over. You see first the kingdom of God, he, his hand's all over. That's all I have to say. I mean. Amen, amen. So, take us back to uh, that, that uh, you know, that, that season where... Where God was getting a hold of you, you know, the Bible says that no one comes by the spirit. Yeah. You know, I don't know about you, but I didn't make a decision. I'm going to serve God and I'm going to go to church. <sighs> like I felt like God just like scraped me off the ground. He rescued me. You know, uh, he uh, you know, I didn't wake up one morning and say, you know what? I'm going to go to church and I'm going to give my life to Jesus. You know, it was like a season where God was just drawing me and things were happening and and um. You know, I tell people, you know, like it wasn't a, the people said the, the greatest decision I ever made was to serve the Lord. I said, OK. 
if, if that's how you feel about it. But take us to that season for you where eventually God saved you, you know, he redeemed you, and, and you started to – I know because you, you have a nice testimony when it comes to, you know, when you first came to the Lord. We'll get into that a little bit later. But how did God rescue you? You know, um, I can't help it, bro. But so the Bible says that no, nobody wait, man, wants go God. Nobody wants God. Nobody seeks after him, right? Mm, come on, come on. So repentance was gifted to me, amen, right? Because amen. I can't, because, because a dead person cannot see God. God mm. had to resurrect me for me to see him, right? Ooh. Okay, there was a bunch of circumstances that happened, right? But I believe God was calling me way back when I was an altar boy at St. Anthony's Church, right? Because there's always a desire. To know God, right? Um, what does the Bible say? Seek and you will find. Knock and will, you, he will answer, right? So little by little, God just drew me, right, by his grace. And circumstances, you know, uh, you know, death diagnosis, different things like that. Um, you know, like I was just running from him. You know, I was not, I was not just heeding the call, right? And, um, and like I said, like I'll tell you, like I was chosen, I was adopted. Um, he knew me before I was born in my mother's womb, and by his grace, he drew me, and he chose me, and he adopted me, and I couldn't help but respond. And I couldn't help but respond. I don't know how much of the testimony you want me to get into, but no, 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 no that's fine. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of times, people, you know, uh, you know, they say that they, like you're saying, like I knew you get this, you you come to the Lord, and then you you begin to read scripture, and you, you begin to understand. Before yeah. the mother was wound, he knew me, you know. Uh, so, amen. So, what year, uh, so you're saying you were, you've were you been with your wife, you say, about uh, 28 years, give or take? Oh, like dating, like over 30, 31. Okay. How long, okay, so I guess what we'll do is um, we'll get into uh, when did the vision, when did the vision of the Outsiders brand clothing line come? And um, how did how did God show you that? Okay. Take a second, <laughs> All right, so I walked into a church in 2005 because um, I was double dog dared by an old friend of mine um, who said, You never back down from a dare in your life. And um, so when I got out of a hairy situation and some death diagnosis, um, I said, All right, I'm going to go because he dared me, right? So I went in, started like, went into the church, and man, like God started getting hold of me, right? And, um, and there's so much to talk about, but I'll just say this. So I'll just go straight to your question. Um, the pastor said, if God just wanted to save you, then he would just save you and take you to heaven. Like he saved you for a reason. He has something to do. So in 2010, I decided to take a step of faith and um, start a ministry. Well, when I was in the world, I used to do a lot of promotions. I had a record label. I had a store in the mall. Um you used to throw like a bunch of raves, phone parties, clubs. And I was like, well, I was pretty good at it in the world. So let me try to do it for Jesus, right? So I took a step of faith and I threw this event and um, ended up being like the biggest venue in Oxnard. I called it the conversion rally. I had like a vision of doing Christian concerts, right? And it was really good. It was like uh, 1,600 capacity. We got about 1,100 people. Um, and that was the first one, right? Then I ended up doing like four of them. Then I started doing like small little ones. And like little by little, God was taking that vision 
and taking it back to the commands of Jesus, right? Because mm -hmm. I, I thought like, this is my calling to throw Christian concerts and provide, make a living off it and blessing people with, you know, like uh, I brought like Sean McDonald, Seven Day Slumber, like all these worship bands. And I thought that was my calling, but God took that, right? Allow me to do it by his grace. And, you know, we saw fruit. We saw people come to the Lord and repent and all these different things at the time, you know, seemed really, really good. And um, he took it to the to the uh, the essence of if you love me, you will follow my commands. So now, and use my son, my oldest son, to, to get me to do that. My, my oldest son, like, Dad, let's go down the avenue where all the homeless people and let's take some peanut butter sandwiches. This is my son's idea. He was like maybe like 16 at the time. Okay. And we went out there and um, we did it, you know, and I'm just like, man, Jesus said to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, to visit the widow, you know, the, the prisoner. And like, this is pure and defiled religion. And I'm just like, whoa, if you love me, you'll follow my commands. And I'm like, man, I'm not even doing this stuff, right? And um, so anyways, then I was online, right? I was online and I saw people on Skid Row, like out there hugging, feeding, praying for people and Skid Row. And I was like, man, I, this is what we need to be doing. And little by little, the ministry evolved into reaching the people outside of the church, right? Um, and I guess that was kind of how we got the mission of Outsiders brand, even though before it was called something else in 2010, but in 2015, we went under the name Outsiders brand. And so the word, the word is to go outside the four walls. And there's like a lot of spins on it. So for me, I felt like an outsider from the world and the, the way I used to live. Okay. But then during, like, went through, everybody goes through this season, right, where you're, like, legalistic and, and um, it's just, you know, my, my, my study group and my church. And then, like, you know, everybody wants to be next to the pastor or, you know, wants to be a leader, talking for positions. And, like, I couldn't do that. So I felt like an outsider even in my church, right? And then at work, everybody, you know, you know like, um, sucking up to the boss and doing this and doing that. And I was like, I, I can't, I don't rock like that. So I always felt like an outsider. And that was kind of like the spin on it for me. Come on. I, hey, that, I'm going to, that's, that's how I always, that's how, how, how I felt at times too. Yeah. Take us, uh, okay. You know, and so you got the outsiders uh, brand and, and it, uh, as a, as an umbrella. And then there's things under that. Talk to us a little bit the, about the, the sweater campaign. Buy one sweater. I'll let you talk more about it. I won't do it any justice. That has always impressed me, my bro. Yeah. That, that, the, um, the sweater campaign. Talk to yeah. us about that. So I don't even know where you started, but I remember I woke up in my room shivering because it was cold. And I, I'm like, man, I'm inside my, my house in my room next to my wife with blankets. And I'm shivering. I woke up because it was that cold. And I was like, I better go put the wall heater on for the kids, you know? And then, so I went to put the wall heater on. We live in an older house. And I was like, I better stay up just, you know, cause the dust and I want to see how strong it smells or whatever. Yeah. And I'm just praying. And I just came to this realization, like, man, if I'm cold in the house, I know there's people out there in the streets, like freezing to death, literally. And that, that season, that, that winter, I remember, and I can't remember what year it was, but I think it was like 2016 or 17. Like people were literally freezing in the streets. Um, we had like this crazy like Arctic freeze in the nation. Uh, even the ocean was freezing. So anyways, long story short, I was like, man, I want to give out some hoodies, you know, and some beanies and socks. And I was like, I'll just start local, right? And I was like, man, you know what? I'm going to think big, you know, and I'm, I'm going to give out 500 hoodies, right? 
a matter of fact, I want to I want to make sure these hoodies go to people living on the streets, not to shelters, because we can get rid of 500 in a shelter easy. Um, but I want to give them out to like specific people that are either too mentally unstable, too addicted, or too prideful to get off the streets, and they're literally out there dying in the cold. So I was like, okay, where am I going to do this at, right? So obviously Ventura and the neighboring cities from Oxnard, and I go, man, you don't want to give them out in the communities that support us online. So I could tell by the analytics where people buy from us, right? So the hoodie count ended up going up to 700 um, um, hoodies, um, 700 beanies, 700 gloves, Bibles, Bible tracks. And then so I, I like reached out to just different people that I didn't really know, them, but I knew that they were there in those communities. Like I reached out to different ministries and I don't know, it just came together. So we ended up hitting like 10 states, right? And um, 10 states um, and like, I don't even know how many more cities, like it was like, I don't know. I can't remember to be honest with you, but that was the first year. We, and then we went to Juarez, Mexico, right? Mm. So we did that. We did Texas. I, I mean, I could think of all the names, but so then the next year, it um, it like almost double, or more than doubled in size. We did two thousand hoodies, right? Beanie, socks, and gloves. And then the year after that, it went up to four thousand, right? Wow. And then then COVID hit, and we only ended up doing like five hundred that year. Um, and then the next year. We just did local, like Oxnard, because we were like kind of just, you know, going through the different processes of this whole pandemic thing, and um, so like this year we took it up again, you know. Um, and previous years, because we had there was more supplies, we were able to do buy one, we give away four. Oh wow! This year, because um, a lot that we can't get those prices anymore, um, we're doing buy one give one. Okay. Hey Amen. What an amazing thing. You know, a lot of times, you know, uh, I heard someone say this. Uh, the minute a crackhead has your or a homeless person has your shirt or your brand on, that means that you fell off. <laughs> but that's it. But that's an amazing thing about God. It's how he flips things. Yeah. And so the goal is to get the like you said, the mentally unstable, the, uh, the homeless person, the person that's in need. And they can without knowing they're representing. Hey Amen. What an amazing I mean, I love that campaign. Talk to us a little bit about um, uh, the Bible study that you 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 have there in your community at the park. I know that uh, you know you, you once in a while you uh, you post uh, and um, so who are you attracting? Is it part of your church? Is it the ministry, or is it to anyone who just wants to walk up? Maybe you can promote it a little bit and let us know what you're doing there as well. All right, so I mean it's been going on for a while on and off, but the, lately it's been consistent for the last three years. Um, previous years, you know, we did it for a season and then we stopped and then like, I don't know, it just became real consistent during, uh, during, uh, the first uh, 2019, when they first shut down everything, all the churches were shut. Um, uh, we were meeting out there in the park and it just grew like crazy. Right. So crazy that like, I started inviting pastors to come preach because I don't want to talk in front of all those people. But one of the things that we added to the Bible study is that we would serve that community because we're in a homeless park. We would serve the community for like the first hour and invite them to join. And um, so it just kind of grew from there, you know, like so. And um, it grew. And then it like once everything opened up again, kind of like tapered off a little bit. And then it grew again, tapered off a little bit, grew again. It's been like a, it's been like that for the last three years. And um, man, it's just a blessing because I really feel like by taking that step of faith, I've really been able to share my faith. Mm -hmm. And um, 
a lot more because I used to be really quiet when it came to the word of God. Even like I knew the word of God, but now you can't get me to be quiet. That's what I said. I, I can't ever see Vince be quiet. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Uh, talk to us. Uh, give us maybe um, um, an example of, uh, you know, because, you know, a lot of people, I want to I want to say fear grips them when it comes to evangelism, sharing their faith, going out there and saying things. A lot of people say, I'll just go, but I, I can I just stand there and uh, give us some encouraging words, uh, maybe something that Maybe that moment where you say, you know, I'm gonna step out. Like, yeah. like for you saying you used to be shy, and then the guy I'm talking to right now doesn't seem to be shy at all. Yeah. You know, talk to us and maybe encourage those that have a desire to go out and do what you do, and yeah. uh, talk to us, man. All right. So here's here's the you got the cheat code. Ooh, right, here's on, the, cheat, the code. cheat code. All right. So if God answers everything according to His will, the Bible says He answers everything according to His will, right? And He commands the body of Christ to preach the gospel to all creation. So if you ask him and he answers everything according to his will, then guess what? You're going to be doing it. Mm. Because if you pray and say, God, I want to preach the gospel. I want to know your word. Like I want, like the Bible says, ask for wisdom. He'll give it to us liberally, right? So if you ask, he's going to answer because it's his will. Mm. So mm. I'm, there's like, there's really nothing like all you gotta do is apply yourself and just read like he's gonna open your eyes to what he's saying you know what i mean because it's the work of god like you can't like anybody that's read the bible could see it. like when they first try to read it they're like what did i just read i just read yeah, it like yeah. five times i don't understand nothing but yeah, he yeah, opens yeah. our eyes yes. like it's him opening your eyes his eyes so i think about Emmaus road right when they walked with jesus and they something was burning them but they didn't know it was him until he allowed them to see paul he thought he was serving God when he was persecuting the church, but it wasn't until Jesus removed the scales from his eyes, right? So if you're, if you're a self-professing Christian, born-again Christian, you could ask God in Jesus' name to teach you how to preach the gospel, mm. to send you out to preach the gospel, and that's his will, so guess what he's going to answer, mm. period. Amen. I always tell everybody there should not be anyone unemployed in the kingdom of God. I tell people, look at every morning, you know, I, I tell God, Lord, use me. Yeah. And he won't deny that. Like I tell people, if you really ask God, use me, you know, if you're if you are breathing, there will be opportunities throughout the day to pray for someone to share God's word. I mean, I tell people all the time, like uh, if like I don't go a day without being used because I want to be used. And I say, Lord, your will is to use us. You're going to use me. Like God's not gonna just say, I mean, I, God doesn't want you going around talking crazy and saying off the wall yeah. stuff. But there is a uh, when you ask the Lord, like you said, God's will is for us to be used. And so, like I tell people, look, it. There might be a season where you're just gonna have to learn. You go out with the brothers and you watch what they do. You study your word. You know, you you, you stay connected. But God will use you if you want to be used. Like He's not gonna deny that. And I think fear grips people. I think maybe even lack of knowing the word. I tell people like, we gotta know our word, of course, but nobody's look, nobody's looking for a theologian. Like, study to show yourself approved, but at the same time, like, Hebrew and Greek's not gonna do nothing for nobody. So be cool, get the gospel right, and we're gonna talk about that as well later. I know that's heavy on well, your heart. It's, it's growth. So like, yes, when you just ask, right? When you ask, like, God, I want to go out and, and preach the word. 
like all that's included, everything you just talked about, like it's going to be revealed to you. Mm. Right? I, I had no desire to study doctrine or no desire to like be theological, no desire, like none of that. Like, yeah, yeah. I was just kind of like, I used to say this in the soul unbiblical. I used to say, I preach the gospel and sometimes use words. Ooh. I used to be like that. I used to be like that, you know, because mm. I was all about doing good deeds. And there was nothing wrong with those things, but, but like, it don't matter if I give people, feed them and clothe them. If they don't know the gospel, they're still going to die and go to hell. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I realized that the good works that we yes. were able to do by the grace of God gave us the voice into their life, right? They like established us as Christians, right? In Antioch, they were first called Christians. It established us because we were doing things that Jesus did, mm. right? So, so when people see that it's real, when you're loving, the, one of the greatest commands is love your neighbor, right? When you're doing that, you're marked as a Christian. You know? Anyways. No, no, no. Amen. And, mm -hmm. I, and I know we're going to get to that as well under, under the topic uh, section. But, you know, uh, I think people think that, that that saying that you just said, I've been hearing it for years. You know, preach yeah. the gospel and admit and say, blah, 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 use words. And I heard a pastor say, uh, you need to use words, bro. Like, yeah. I mean, giving food is good. And helping old ladies walk across the street is good, and getting cats out of trees is good, and all that good stuff. But it's, what's it's, what's the power of God in salvation is the gospel. That's amen. what saves. Amen, amen. And you know what? That message is foolishness to those who are perishing, but those who believe, it's the power of God, right? It says by the foolishness of preaching, men are saved. Mm, come on, amen, amen. And I, I think a lot of times we 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 we've gotten to a place in a church where let's just do a lot of stuff. Let's yeah. just let's just be in the community, which is great. Like you said, it shows okay, they are Christian. But the word of God is what which which brings that the gospel. Amen. Yeah. I like what Paul Washington says, I, I gotta say this. No, if go you ahead. go somewhere and you preach the gospel long enough, someone's gonna get saved. Mm. Because that's the power of God. Not 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 just saying Jesus. Like some people equate preaching the gospel as saying Jesus and sharing their testimony which is a great thing, but what Jesus, right? And then when you mm. give your testimony, what you're, you're, you're selling them something. Well, if you just give your life to Jesus, he's gonna do this with you. He's gonna restore your marriage. He's gonna heal you. He's gonna give you a better job, a better marriage, et cetera, et cetera. What if it don't happen? And that's not promised mm. in the gospel. He promises eternal life. He just, and, he's, and he promises you will be hated. You will be mm. persecuted. That's why I trip out of people saying, oh, my haters, my haters. Well. I hope so, because the Bible said we will be hated for his namesake, right? But my question is, are you being hated because you're not doing things right? Or are you being hated because you're staying true to the text? <laughs> or just being annoying. You could yeah. just be annoying. You know what? You talked about this. Um, this is huge. You know, uh, I won't say the name, but everybody knows. But anyway, growing up in, a, in the ministry, we were taught not the gospel. We were taught, give me your testimony. Give your testimony. Give your testimony. So I'm gonna be honest with you. For years, that was my go-to yeah. all the time. Tell them what Jesus done for you. Tell them what Jesus done for you. And uh, how? And I, I tell people now, like, okay, your testimonies are great. Yeah, it is. But at the, it's, it's sometimes I even like my grandfather. He was Catholic until he was like in his 70s. He said, "Man, you Christians." You like, you don't, I've never heard, he goes, you Christians with your testimonies, more like a bragamony. <sighs> you guys yeah. talk about how crazy you were. And he goes, your testimony sounds like you had it so good 
and then Jesus came along and now you're miserable. Because <laughs> you talk about how good things were and I had 10 cars and 20 girls and all the money in the bank and Jesus set me free and now, and then they, you know, so people need to understand the testimony. There's a person, I think there's a purpose and a place for it, Yeah. but it, it shouldn't be your goal to. Yeah, I'm not against it. I'm not against it, yes. but you need to promise what what you're gonna get when you get when you get Jesus. It doesn't it doesn't mean that it's gonna be like what I got or what the next person got. It could be different. And you know, and I tell people the 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 by, there's a byproduct. You know, like there, God does want you to be blessed, and He doesn't want you He does want you to have a healthy marriage, and He does He does heal some people, and He does gifts gifts and talents and all, and He blesses people. But that's not the reason why he died on the cross. No, and a lot of people, and, and what we're doing is we're selling this false, and we'll get into this too, but right. I know you're I know you're gonna get into this. We're we're telling people how church and Christianity is gonna be. And like you said, and then they show up and they find out that oh like, oh dang, this isn't what I, I was told. This is not what the TV preacher tells me. This is not what the guy who led me to the Lord, this is not the, the Christianity that he explained. Yeah. And so I tell people, like, we don't want to preach doom and gloom all the time. But at the same time, people need to understand this. This, I heard someone say this faith walk ain't no cakewalk. Like, yeah. it's going to be it's going to be trials and tribulations. Family members going to come against you. You may lose your job. You may get sick and not get healed. You you may lack. You may not have the finances. Your, your marriage will go through it. Your children will. will they may or may not go uh, rebel. But never, you know, like. It's, it, it's I'll, I'll testify on that, bro. Oh, go ahead. Talk to so, me. So, 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 um, you know, I stepped into the church, right? Everything seemed to be getting good. Um, my sister had like some health problems. And um, I remember I was at a prayer meeting praying for her to be healed. And she died while I was at the prayer meeting praying for her. She died young. She was 24 years old. Um, then soon after that, my mom got cancer. And then uh, going through, I went through like about a couple years of a hard time in my marriage. From the repercussions of what I did in the past, and if, if if God, like I believe in perseverance of the saints, that's another subject. But if it wasn't for God keeping me, I would have gave up because I'm like, this is what it was, you know, this is what serving Jesus is. Um, so like I don't like to tell everybody like it's gonna be like Jesus ain't a genie in the bottle, you know what I mean? And that's mm. unfortunately that's what a lot of people promote. Right? Mm -hmm. If you just come, he's gonna do this, 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 yes. and this. But what did he promise? He promised peace, right? Which you know, supply every need, need. But he also promises you would be hated, and he promised in this world you will have trouble. Mm, talk to me, Amen. Uh, we're gonna finish the the Outsiders Edition section with. Um, when did you? Uh, uh, I know your your desire, your true desire, is to be a rapper. I know that. I know that. <laughs> I know you want to be an MC and drop bars, and but uh, talk to us about the um, Outsiders Music Group and the vision behind that, and what God is doing through that ministry, and uh, just uh, you know, talk to us about that as well. Well, so so in the world, when I was in the world, I had a, a record label, right? It was like a different style of music. It wasn't rap. Um, it was it was like EDM before it was called EDM, right? And I was like immersed in that lifestyle. I was a DJ, a club promoter, etc. And I always like to to help people um, bring their creativity out, right, mm -hmm. through music. So, like in 2010, when I when I started a ministry, it was called Hard Step Ministries, right? 
because in, in the world, I had a store called Hard Step Records, right? Because it's a style of drum and bass music that was really okay. big, or what I was into. So, so I, I met met these guys. They were called the Reinforcements, and uh, some other people. And we started putting out music. We started doing some like hip hop, EDM hybrid stuff, right? And um, we had like an amazing time, man. We went to Germany. We did like all kinds of events up and down the coast. Um, Arizona, just different things, you know, and it was amazing, it was beautiful, and then, like, that came to, like, a sudden halt, and it left, kind of left a bad taste in my mouth, right, and even people that were involved in it, it kind of left a bad taste, and, and I was like, you know what, I don't want to ever do that again, right, I don't ever want to do music again, so as we took a step of faith with the clothing, and I don't, I don't see the clothing as a ministry, I see it as a way to provide for ministry, um, a lot of people think clothing lines are ministry, I don't feel that way. Um, but that's just my personal conviction. And then, so, like, what I realized is that, like, the music just kept drawing me. I'm like, I'm not going to do that again. But next you know, I just did it again. You know what I mean? So, uh, my big shout out to Foundation. He was somebody that rolls like me. He's somebody that rolls like me with his family everywhere. And yeah. I thought to myself, like, no, I heard him one time. And I was like, dude, this dude could sing and he could rap. So, I was like, you know, I want to just help him just put out a single. And I was like, who do you want to put out a single with? And he's all Jared Sanders, and I'm like, Jared Sanders, cool. Yeah, I sent him some gear, and I helped him with, you know, I was gonna help him with some, um, make some shirts and stuff. So I reached out to him, and he goes, Hey, check this out, bro. I like your gear. You like the music? Let's let's barter, right? So I got him a feature, right? And I was like, We gotta shoot a video. So we shot a video, and that what happened was is that single turned into a whole compilation. It's mm. called Faith Without Walls. And I just started reaching out to people that I that I appreciated in the CHH community, and everybody said, "Yeah." Wow. Like I was just blown away, you know. Like uh, Dayton, the rep was like one of the first Christian rappers I liked, and he was retired. And I reached out to him, and he was like, "Yeah, I'll do it." I'm like, "Whoa, the rep!" You know, like yeah. That yeah, was, no, like, I remember him. Thing. I remember him. Yeah, and it just little by little, man, like it just came together, and then uh, you know, Kid Frost is on the album. Like he was going, you know, having a hard time in the hospital, and. And, you know, he was um, seeking my brother Tang for prayer. And it was just like, man, just God's hand was all over it. So we put out 12 songs with 12 videos, right? And then I was like, man, I got to stop fighting against this. And I just decided to make it a label. So it's Outsiders Music Group, or OMG. Mm -hmm. And uh, right now um, we have one artist, 1KP Sun. Um, and then, like, I work really close with Kanban. He's a guy out from Ohio. Um, now we've done stuff with uh, 1K Few. We've done did stuff with Reconcile. Like it's just it, it blows me away. I know the new away. the new single you got with Bizzle, correct? Yeah, it's a 1K piece on the Bizzle. It's called Accountability. Man, mm. that sounds that sounds fire. <laughs> so when I talk about Christian hip hop, <clears throat> I've been listening to Christian hip hop for about 20 years. When I first came to Christianity, I thought Christian hip hop was whack. <laughs> Man, it was whack. Uh, so I didn't listen to it right away. And then someone turned me on to T-Bone, Gospel Gangsters, uh, Grape Tree Records. I believe I even had a, uh, who else was it? A Priesthood, KJ5-2 uh, and T-Bone. But it is, it is, the production has gotten like, up compared to those days, the, the video, the content. How, what is, uh, how important to you is, to keep the music biblical versus let's just make a banger that 
that people can stream and dance to in the church? How important is that to you? Um, you know, like, let's just keep, let's just be real. Okay. So if you're a Christian entertainer, be a Christian entertainer. I have no problem with that. Amen. amen. But if you're going to say it's a ministry and this is your ministry, then I want to hear some, some, some word in there, you know, or I want to hear you minister in between the songs. I have no problem with the turn up and I love you and all everything that they do. I love miles, a lot of energy. Like we need to have fun as Christians. Amen, right? amen. But, but, but I, I say, if that's your lane, then be in your lane. But don't try mm -hmm. to sell it like it's not like you're something else when you're not. You know what I'm saying? I just say be upfront. Like yeah, yeah, we need yeah. entertainment. We need to have fun. We need ministry. At the end of the day, it's all to glorify Jesus. And if, if you were down like that, then I rock with you. Amen. Uh, one of the things you said earlier that really, uh, it's really refreshing to hear someone actually admit or just say it in that way. You said the outsider's clothing brand is a, is a way to fund the ministry, right? It's not a ministry. Not a explain ministry. that. Explain that to us because I tell people if you're building, don't say it's kingdom, 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 kingdom. Yeah. This is ministry, but you're selling things to to provide your family with finances so you could do more for God. Say that. Yeah. And I've met guys who do ministry and they just what I go. We are already thinking it. <laughs> we are already know what you're doing. Just say it already. I don't know, bro. It's kingdom, bro. It's kingdom. It's. I'm like you're charging. For your stuff, it's if it's ministry, you're supposed to you. I would say give it away. Yeah. But you know, talk to us a little bit about that. And now, I personally don't think it's wrong either. Like, yeah. dude, if you're gonna do it, do it. Yeah, do it to the Lord God. Um. So, the first ever album I was part of was uh, Authenticity with Illuminate. Right. He's. I think he's gonna be on one of your shows. Yes. And so for Illuminate. me, like for me, at that time, I didn't know how to separate ministry from business. Right. Mm, okay. And I, I wasn't very good at communicating my thoughts. Right. So we did that album together. And, um, you know, I was being exposed to the business side. And because my I couldn't wrap my mind around it, I had to leave that partnership. Right. And and then, like, I was just like, I, I don't get this. It's just too hard for me to wrap my mind around making money and calling it ministry. I didn't know how to do it. Right. So fast forward. Um. I really felt like God allowed me because like it's something I don't want to do. I wanted to keep outsiders as a business and I wanted just to do ministry like we've been doing since 2010. Right. Mm -hmm. So, cause outsiders brand started 2015. So there was like five years of ministry, like real following the commands of Jesus type ministry. Um, and then I had the brand, which was a business. Right. And when I finally was able to mesh the two, right. Um, is really when it took off. When really when the brand got big. So, so basically, the way I look at it, it, the brand is created to give back, right? That's mm. what we get to give back, right? So it gives to my family, but also gives to the work in the community, right? And which and it gives to the work of the ministry period, right? So what I did was I have a nonprofit, right, called Outsider Supply, and I have a for-profit called Outsider's Brand. So Outsider's Brand writes checks to Outsider Supply. And Outsider Supply executes the ministry side. And then Outsider's brand is just the business. So mm -hmm. God gave me like a piece and a way to put them together where I my conscience is not conflicted. Make sense? Mm -hmm. Same with the music. Mm. I was I actually was just listening to that that that, that uh 
that album on uh, authenticity today, which is pretty cool. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, I, I, I reached Illuminate reached out to me. We were talking. And he goes, "Hey, I, I don't, I wouldn't mind to be on your podcast." And I'm like, "For real?" I'm like, "Yeah, cool." I go, "I don't want to ask you if you sound like a groupie or right. sound like a, a fun, uh, like a like one of those fanatic fans." Ah, oh, come on, bro, stop it already. Because uh, I want to tell you right now, I had a first time I met him. Uh, he ministered to me. He prayed for me. He gave me his number. And I was blown away because there was other dudes around him who I didn't think could rap that great, weren't that talented, and were trying to act like they were uh, superstars, you know. And uh, so I, I was blessed by his, uh, his uh, just how he carried himself from the Lord. But amen. So as we come to a closing in the, in the Outsiders brand um, uh, segment, uh, give some, maybe if somebody's out there uh, and maybe they're in the process of doing what you're doing, um, there maybe there's a co conflict where is it a brand? Is it ministry? How can I do it? I love how you explained it, you know, because at the end of the day, your goal is, Lord, I want to be right with you on this. I, I want yeah. I want to have peace about this because saying one thing and the motives are different and whatever's in the dark will always come to light. We know. So yeah. uh, maybe some encouragement that you can give to somebody about uh, stepping into that arena where you start a brand. Uh, you know, and you want to use it for ministry and to support your family as yeah. well. Yeah. So, yeah, if you want to start a clothing brand, I would say don't do it. I'll just keep it <laughs> I real. knew you were going to say that because you said it before. <laughs> yeah, it's real. It's not easy. It was a yeah. money pit for like four years. It was a money pit. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just kidding. It's hard. It's not easy. I mean, you could do the, the out the trunk and come up, you know, like real quick, but then you have to start over. But if you really want to build a brand, um it takes a lot of money it takes a lot of time it takes a lot of effort um but I, I would say that if you're gonna do it make sure that it's a calling right mm. if that's the lane that god wants you and then uh, if it is then endure endure like through every failure every because you're gonna like like i had three partners at one time and they're not part of it no more and um i actually wanted to leave one time and like i really felt like my mo was just to like balance when things were going right but like, nah, like stick, you gotta stick with it. And yes. I did, and man, I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful that I did. Like really, you gotta, you gotta be willing to go the, the whole, all the way. Cause I see a lot of people start up and they just give up cause it didn't mm -hmm. pan out. So just make sure that it's what God wants for you and just keep doing it. Like don't quit. I love how you keep saying over and over and over, if it's God's will, if it's your calling, if it's your lane. Again, you know, everything, you know, like find your lane and then do do what you got to do. And, uh, yeah, everybody wants to be in the limelight. Everybody wants to be famous. Everybody. Uh, but, you know, I tell people the ones that, 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 that really uh, shine are the ones nobody ever really sees. You know, uh, the guy who cleans the children's ministry, the, the usher, the, the security guard. You know, it's it's not all about just being in the front and being everybody. See me, see me. You know, and like you said. It takes work, and uh, you have to learn how to endure. Um, it took so, a lot for me to show my face. Uh, for like the first five, four or five years, nobody knew who Outsiders was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and just, just the confidence had to come. It was like, it was hard, you know. And my, you know, one of the things that I, that I tell people uh, about you is that, you know, being where you're at in the industry, because, you know, let's just be honest with you, people know the brand. And... Uh, I tell people, you know, I met I met him one time at uh, Sang's uh, thing in um, uh, 
saying did an outreach, I think in Fullerton yeah. at the church and a very humble guy. You know, I, I didn't have a, a, a big old conversation with you or, uh, or anything, but I sense the humbleness, you know, like, you know, it's not about me. It's not about my brand. It's about Jesus. And so yeah. I think we can get caught up in the success of whatever we're doing. And, uh, you know, we forget why we're doing it. And so I think that with that even um, is uh, is vital. I know we talked about the topics. Uh, talk to us about the new shirt you're dropping. It's called the Heresy Hunter. Talk to us, my brother. Yeah. So there's like a joke going on in the community um, because, uh, like, you know, the Bible tells us to, to call false teachers. There's the example Jesus gives us. He um, calls them out. Beware of the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Um, they're ravenous wolves. You know, like he calls them out, and then Peter calls them out, John calls them out, Paul calls them out. And if you call a false teaching, you're called a heresy hunter, right? And um, I say amen. I say amen because, you know, the, the disciples, the apostles, you know, they became apostles. They died a gruesome death preserving this message. You know, we know that some were crucified upside down, boiled alive, um, beheaded, uh, you know, outcasted in, in an island by himself, um, like you name it, right? And then the martyrs to follow, like during the reign of Nero, um, burned alive, right? Roman candles. They lit up the pathway with burned Christians. Um, if they didn't say Caesar was Lord, they were their genitals were eaten by Nero, like while they were alive. Like the most gruesome things they experienced to preserve this message, right? So right now. Um, if somebody believes a heresy or preaches false, you know, false teaching, oh man, let's just love them. Let's just get, let's yeah, build a yeah. bridge with them. And here's the thing, like we have to do handle things biblically, right? So we know that I always use this example. Apollos was teaching false, right? But he wasn't a false teacher because Priscilla and Aquila, women corrected him. And guess what he did? He humbled himself and was corrected, mm. right? Like, think about that. He humbled himself and was corrected. So therefore, it wasn't, he wasn't a false teacher. He was just teaching false. And we all preach heresy at one time. Heresy just means something that's not biblical. But there's a heresy that I have to call out, which is damnable heresy. Heresy yes. that will lead people to hell. And uh, I really wanted you to, uh, to explain that because there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's people that are like, okay, what is heresy and what is damnable? And um, what, you know... Uh, is explain that explain that those two and how they're they're totally like different yeah so heresy is just um you know say you know obviously we know there's one truth right and there's some things that maybe we could differ on like our interpretation right but one of us is preaching heresy but mm -hmm. it's not it's not a, 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 a it's not a heresy that will take a, take us away from the truth of who jesus is right um, you know, how he saved us, like the essentials of our faith, Christian orthodoxy, it's not going to take away from that. So it could be a secondary issue, right? Like, you know, you, you know, praying in tongues or, or just different secondary things that we could differ on because they're not self salvific. You know what I mean? It doesn't mm. count. We don't have to believe that way to be saved, right? Some people have the freedom to drink a glass of wine with dinner, right? Some people don't, right? Some people think they can get tattoos. And it's not going to keep them out of heaven, but some people have a conviction not to get tattoos, right? Mm, so there's like okay. different things that could divide us, but there is one truth. Don't get me wrong. 
but we could both kind of justify our truths, right? Armenians versus Calvinism, etc. right? They're, they're, we're all brothers in Christ. We could all lock arms because we believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and who he is, right? Amen. So, so one of us is preaching heresy, but we don't know. You know, we just believe what we believe. But when it's damnable, it's like when you start attacking the deity of Christ, the triune nature of God, um, you know, that, you know, justification by faith through grace, right? Like when you started attacking the essentials, that those are damnable heresies, right? Mm -hmm. And those are the ones that I call out. Those are the ones Paul called out. Those are the ones Peter called out. Those are the ones John called out. And those are the ones Jesus called out. So you think we're not supposed to call them out? Of course we are, right? But we're supposed to go to our brother and try to correct them, right? Mm -hmm. And if he doesn't receive, then we take somebody else. If not, you bring them to the to the church house, right? And if then if they don't receive, then you treat them like um, a, a, a heathen, right? You don't even dine with them, right? And mm -hmm. you call it. The Bible says to call them out, to mark them, and avoid them, right? And hopefully, they'll come to repentance, right? Yeah, so, we, we we live in a day and age where, like you said, just love one another. Unity, yeah. unity, 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 and uh, you know, I I, I love Woody Bachman. He said, Paul calls the dude out, tells you who he is, and we're not supposed to do it because oh, we're called to love and unity, and yeah. you're causing you're causing division in the in the body, but uh, somebody's got to do it. Well, Corinthians and, says there must be factions among you. So you know who's real mm, because the, Jesus said the wheat and the tares are going to grow together. And like we're talking about just unity. Well, Jesus said either you're with me or against me. Either you're mm. a sheep or a goat and you're going to heaven or hell. So you're telling me that Jesus is preaching, is being divisive? Nah, he's just speaking the truth. You know? Mm, come on, come on. Hey, man, I know we got a little ahead of ourselves, but uh, I know one of the topics that uh, you were wanted to talk to us is, it talks about it talks about your journey through legalism, the word of faith, um, hyper Calvinism, and where you are now. Uh, like you said, when, a lot of times this is what I tell people: when I first got saved, I wanted to preach like T.D. Jakes. Yeah, I wanted to be all these. Uh, I wanted. I didn't know anything, and so I would just eat everything and listen to anybody. And then until I begin to like, you know, okay, people started. I started asking questions, but. I remember um, a pastor telling me, you know, just because it's on the table doesn't mean you need to eat it. You yeah. need to know what is good for your soul. You need to know how to rightly divide the truth. So a lot of times we don't know. You know, we're new to this thing. You know, and we don't know. Everything sounds good. And they're promising the moon, those stars and, and this and that. And, and you're eating everything. And then you get to a place you're like, whoa, like I'm listening to. Now you, you get turned on to some real teachers, some real doctrine. And you're like. What the heck? Like, and I began to get to that place too. And I'm still learning, you know, every day. Yeah. And I, re I remember getting a John MacArthur study Bible. And I remember listening to John MacArthur in 2010. Mine, I got, I started going to church faithfully into the men's home 2000. So all that time, I'm getting just indoctrinated with all this, just everything. And then I get to this place where I start asking questions. And before you know it, I become like, I don't fit in no more. That's the Calvinist guy. Dude, 
I didn't even know what a Calvinist was. And they were saying, oh, he's a Calvinist. I'm like, what is a Calvinist? He's reformed. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know what that means. But um, talk to us a little bit about your journey and where you're at now. Hey, man. Well, first, I want to just touch that last topic just a little bit. Um, so about the message of the gospel, right? I'm in Galatians right now with my family. And Paul, throughout the whole Galatians, is talking about another gospel, right? Or coming under the yoke of bondage of the law, you know, um, hourly trying to justify yourself with the works of, you know, the flesh, right? And um, this message of grace, of free grace, was preserved. It was called out. It was protected. And, like, this message is what changed my life, what changed my family's life, what changing um changing people's lives in my community you know um what changed the world by the 12 disciples right like that we would even hear we were here like 2000 plus years later talking about the same message that was preserved we better take that message serious and not allow anybody to pervert it because they didn't and we should be hated for preserving that message um they were jailed they were you know i already went over that but how dare us not take that serious so now, going back to legalism. So when I first gave my life to the Lord, I came mm. out of addiction. Um, so I was naturally attracted to a, a ministry where there was a lot of addicts, right? Mm. Oh. And I learned how to hate my sin, right? I learned that what I shouldn't do and what I should do. I learned spiritual disciplines. You know, you got to pray for at least an hour or until you touch the hem of your, his garment. You got to be at Bible study on Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. Early morning prayer on Friday, um, Friday evening prayer, set up the church on Sunday, fellowship after. Like, it was just work turned into a 12-step program for me, basically what it was. <laughs> but what happened was, you know, the Bible says that when the house is swept clean, right, and the, the demon that was swept out by our hands, by our works, he brings back seven more wicked, and he finds the house mm -hmm. empty. So all I, had, all I had in my house was empty works, me trying to earn my right standing with God. And we just read in Galatians tonight that if you're trying to justify yourself by the law, you have fallen from grace. What a scary place to be, right? Mm -hmm. So legalism did serve a purpose in my life. It taught me how to hate my sin, right? It told me how to, some spiritual disciplines, but I was doing it from the wrong place. Mm -hmm. And then yes, from yes. there, you know, what does it say that the works of the flesh produce? Um, sexual immorality, idolatry, sorcery, and all these different things, right? That's what the works of the flesh produce, right? Think about that. Like, that's crazy to me. So, you know, well, guess what happened after two years of staying sober? I went back to my vomit because that's what mm. the works of the flesh produce, right? Once that faulty foundation was swept underneath my feet, I went back. So far back, you know, seven more wicked where I was in a mental hospital. I was drinking a of vodka a day. I ended up back, like, you know, bleeding eternally. Like, it was crazy, bro. Seeing spiritual things and demonic things and dreams where I'm getting drug off my bed and waking, like, it was just crazy, right? But God in his grace. Ooh, come on. Right? So the next step, the next phase of my life is like, ooh, you know, I'm seeing the supernatural, so I'm going to go to somebody who casts out demons and somebody who operates in the gifts of the spirit. So then I go into the charismatic side, but then it led me to charismania, where people are <laughs> barking like dogs and, oh, yeah. and um, you know, like twitching and convulsing and screaming and, and um, 
man, glorifying themselves and and um, glorifying the gifts, but not the gift giver, you know. Mm, but but in that, I believe is where I, you know, because God will meet us in our mess, man. Like mm. Romans eight two eight, I love that scripture because God will cause all these things to work together for our good because we love them and we're called according to his purpose. So in the charismania, I I got filled with the Holy Spirit. So much so that now I'm reading the word and it, I'm I'm reading and I'm understanding it, right? Um, I'm reading and understanding it. Um, I got victory over my sin that was, you know, tripping me up time and time again. I learned about grace, right? But like in, maybe in a way that wasn't perfect, but the grace was there. I wasn't trying to justify myself anymore by the works of my hand, you know? And so the charismania, like I learned how to pray, I had a prayer life that was with power. It wasn't just, it wasn't just like repetitiveness and, oh God, you do it. Oh God, you do it. Like that's what I learned in the legalism, right? So now I have some like scriptures in there and like, mm -hmm. anyways, I experienced some good stuff. I experienced a genuine move of the Holy Spirit and a lot of fluff too, right? Mm, okay. So much so that I started noticing like these things are off, man. Well, I started calling people out like, dude, that ain't in the Bible, right? So then from there, I went to Hyper Grace, right? I started listening to this guy named Joseph Prince on TV. Mm, okay. And because I still had that legalism in me, right? And this like changed, this like wrecked me, bro. I was listening to one of his podcasts on um, on uh, the Mac or whatever. Like you can subscribe to like his podcast. They're like little 30 minute excerpts. And he was like, he was like, um, you'll never hear me preach against drinking or horoscopes or or, you know, like, you know, partying. And I'm like, man, I can't listen to you no more, right? And he goes, but you, what you will hear me preach on is Jesus. And Jesus will take those things away, right? And he goes, if, you, if I preach against those things, you're going to be obedient to a man, right? But if I preach Jesus, it's going to be his power moving that stuff, not your power, right? And that just, like, wrecked me, bro. So I started listening to him a lot. And, you know, then I started getting into the word of faith because he mixes the word of faith in there, right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. kind of speak it into existence. Like, you know, I you know, I still had that humility, like, where I wasn't trying to, like, grab it and blab it and I want to, like, a, a jet. And, you know, yeah, I wasn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, even in the word of faith, I wasn't pursuing, like, um, like the pros like, I wasn't, like, prosperity to me, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I just wanted to be healthy and my needs provided for. And, you know, like, it was that kind of prosperity gospel. It wasn't extreme for me. But but what he did was he, he quoted Charles Spurgeon one time, and then he quoted Dr. Martin Lloyd Jones Jr. And when he quoted them, it, like, it, like, wrecked me, bro. So I'm like, dude, who is that? So I go to YouTube, and I started listening to them, right? So God used Joseph Prince. To lead me to reform theology, right? It seems like you're just going, you're you're growing, like you're going, yeah. you're getting the good and the bad, then you're getting the good and the bad, and leading you to where you're at right now. Yeah, because I never stopped seeking. That's the that's mm. the point. Even on, in every every, and I just wanted Jesus and who He was in this truth through every phase of my life, right? Amen. So Amen. so now awesome. I'm like I I'm going reform, and the next thing you know, like you are who you hang around with, right? Yes. So next yes. you know, I'm critical. I'm like judging every stinking word that everybody says and deciphering like what the pastor's saying and pointing out his false doctrine and blah, blah, blah. Like where I was, I had no peace. Mm. But in Come that, on. but in that, like this Come word on. of God, this doctrines of grace are just getting ridden on my heart, bro. And the next, you know, God opens my eyes to 
by the power of the Holy Spirit, what I learned in the charismatic, right? Like, wait a minute, the Holy Spirit's like, nah, you're not doing it right, right? So then, and then, and then the charismatic stuff, the word of God's like, you're not doing it right, right? And they're both pointing to Jesus, right? And then I started applying some of these principles I learned in legalism, but it's all in the proper context now. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And I, I want, I'm not saying I arrived, but I'm in a better place than I was in all those different er, um, seasons of my life. And still on a journey. And, still on a journey. And, and, and you know what? That's the thing, too, is then you quoted that scripture all good things work together for those, those that love it. I kind of feel like my journey is so it was sort of like yours, too. Yeah. I remember I, I was so into like John MacArthur and Booty Bachman and Steve Lawson. I would listen to no one else. And I go to church and I'd be sitting next to my wife. I'm like, hey, in the Bible. And I was <laughs> like, and my wife tells the pastor, I'm tired of sitting next to this guy. Every time we sit here, he just tears the, pro the, the preacher apart. So he comes in and goes, hey, let me talk to you, Dave. He says, uh, you don't have to tell her everything that's on your mind. Yeah. And I was like, oh, woo, 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 woo. And then he was like, you got to chill a little bit, dude. You're, gonna, you're causing problems, man. Like, yeah. And so we're growing, right? And I love I love what you're saying. You know, like, hey, I learned there, and I moved. I, I grew. And I learned. And I'm growing, and I'm growing. And you're still in a journey. You're still learning. You're still, you know, uh, amen. That's a, that's amazing. And uh, last but not least, I don't know if we went through this already, but justified by faith alone versus works. Yeah. And we'll close on the topic section with that last topic. Okay. So um, I want to cap off. My, my journey through these different faith systems by saying this. Um, it's very important that you surround yourself with good counsel, right? The Bible says that there's safety in the multitude of counsel. You have to give people access into your life to hold you accountable to God's word. So, like, through, the, through that journey, I wish I had more brothers that would have said, Vince, man, you're teaching hyper grace. Vince, you're being too um, hyper Calvinism or you're being too weird with the, the gifts of the spirit or Bro, like, you're trying to justify yourself by works and legalism. Like, what are you doing? But there was nobody, right? But I, I think every believer should surround themselves with people, with, like, somebody that knows the word. Like, you need good brothers and sisters around you. You need to be plugged into a local church with elders and deacons and, uh, and pastors. You know what I mean? You need – you can't be a renegade out here by yourself. Um, you need people to hold you accountable. Not, you don't need yes men. You don't need people to tell you. Yes, you know, like whatever you say, or you know, if you said it, then it's legit. Like, nah, you need someone to call you on your stuff, man. So I want to cap off. That's what I want to say about that. Um, I guess the reason why it works uh, versus grace is is um on my heart all the time. It's because uh, I think that was like I'm addressing every one of Paul's epistles. Um, it's an attack on the gospel. You know, trying to justify yourself by works. So people will take scriptures out of context, like wasn't Abraham justified by works when he took his son? Um, the Bible says uh, um, in, um, in uh, James, right, um, you know, faith without works is dead. Doesn't the Bible say work out your salvation with fear and trembling, um, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, your name could be plucked out of the Lamb's Book of Life, and but just all out of context type stuff, right? So what I want to say about works and grace. So the Bible does say faith without works is dead, right? That's dead faith. So when your faith is alive, right, 
there will be works. Mm, but the on. works are not earning you nothing. Right? Talk about it. So if you say you believe, there must be works. They're, they're not, they're indisposable. They have to be there. You can't just say I believe and not show it, right? Because we're connected to the vine, Ooh, right? Come on. And when we're connected to the vine, that means we're the branches. And the fruit that we produce is that the branches that produce it are the vine. It's the vine. So if you say you believe in Jesus, you're going to produce fruit because you're connected to Jesus. He said, those who abide in me, right? Exactly. So it's going to produce fruit. But here's the thing. A lot of people say you will be justified by your works. No, you won't. When you stand before God, the works that were done wrong are going to burn up, but you're not. You know what I mean? You're going to be rewarded for the works that you did to his glory. The other works are going to burn up. And that's okay. I mean, it's okay. We don't want it to because I've done things that are going to burn up for sure. Right? Mm. But I'm not justified because those works didn't earn me nothing. Right? Remember in the Bible, Jesus says these words, didn't I cast out demons in your name? Didn't I prophesy in your name? And you could add a list. Didn't I travel the nation in your name? Didn't I feed people? Didn't I give people turkeys out? But the thing <laughs> is, if you try to justify yourself before God with those works, he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew. Because if you know God, you know that it's nothing that you can do to be saved. Only the work of Christ is accepted. Mm. Right? But at the same token, if I stand before Christ and I say, I believe in you and I followed you and there's no fruit, and Jesus can rightfully say, I don't know you either. Because if you're a believer, then you would love your neighbor. You would love me, right? There would be fruit. Because if you love him, you're going to follow his commands. You're going to feed the hungry, clothe the naked, right? You're going to do unto the least of these because you are a believer. Mm, so it's very, it's meritorious works versus um, works because uh, we, he loved us. He first loved us, so we love others. It's something that comes to us, and we give it out. Mm, come on. Yeah. Man, we've learned a lot. We've been going for about an hour and 20, a little under an hour, 20 minutes. We, I feel like I, I just got out of Bible class. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. I appreciate what you're doing in the community. I appreciate your, your love for the word. And I, As we come to a landing, um, you know, I always tell everybody, you know, like, we know that in the last couple of years, um, with the with the COVID and the lockdowns and the church buildings closed because the church never closed the, the buildings did with the mandates and the vaccines and the elections you know a lot we've gone through I, it's like this last few years has just been crazy compared you know five years from now who would have known yeah um talk to us about maybe one lesson or one thing that you felt you've learned or a perspective had changed or a way of thinking has changed. What was a lesson that you felt that you've learned in these last couple of years that you could share with us? Um, well, I'll just tell you what happened during these last couple of years. I took steps of faith. Doctors. And when I took steps of faith, God was there and he it, it produced, like the brand took off during 2019 to, right, to 2022. That's when it grew. That's when the ministry grew. That's when there was more needs and we were able to step out and meet those needs. You know, like, Wherever there's uh, adversity, the, the, the God's willing to use you in that adversity. You know, there's there's opportunities to go pray for people. There's opportunities to go meet needs and share the gospel because people are hopeless. So people are looking. What a time for believers to step out in faith and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Amen. You know what? I'm going to agree with you on that 100% because I, 
one of the things that I, I, I never, I haven't experienced in all my walk with the Lord is the open, open people were so open yeah. for prayer and, and, and because we're walking with this hope and this joy and this peace and, you know, hey, to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord, like, I, this isn't it for me, yeah. you know, like, you know, COVID gets me and kills me, praise God, you know, sad to say I got to leave my kids and my wife behind, but I'm out. And I, I was telling people, like, the body of Christ, it was our, I mean, it's still our time. It's our time to to rise, to shine, because you can ask about anyone right now, hey, you want prayer? Yeah, man, I could use some prayer. Maybe in 2018, 19, like, no, I'm good, bro, I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, the need was there. And, uh, you know, there was two, I seen churches close, per se, and then talk, and then complain the whole time it was, on. we were closed. And then when it reopened, business as usual. Yeah. And then you've seen some churches say, you know what? We're going to take advantage to, we're going to take advantage of this time to regroup and refocus and what's really important. And we're going to meet the needs as the, the buildings are closed. We're going to go out there and preach the gospel. We're going to go out there and feed the homeless. Then you had some pastors that, that I know personally who didn't care what was going on. They had a mission and they had yeah. an agenda and, uh, I, there's a couple of people I felt like, man, dude, like you showed your two colors. But anyways, at the end of the day, I, I tell people it's an exciting time to serve the Lord. God is doing some great things in the midst of all this craziness. I don't care who's in the White House. Jesus is king and, and he's going to take care of us. He's going to provide for us. I tell everybody, you know, financially. 2019, 20 and 21 were actually good years for us. And we would always be looking at I looked at my wife. I'm like, dang. It took, you know, hello, like, hello. I can hear you. And um, what do you call it? Uh, it was, it was, it was definitely. Can we? You, I don't know to the volume, bro. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah. I can still hear you. Well, you can't hear me. I can hear you now. Okay, amen. And it's just been an exciting time for uh, for us, like you said, to step out in faith, to do more work for the Lord, to share the gospel. The, the need is still great out there, and. Um, yeah. God wants to continue to use us. And like we talked about earlier, if you ask God to use you, he will not deny that. And uh, I, I love what you said about, you know, like, I'm going to tell you the truth. For many years, I felt like I was alone, just me and me. And maybe a brother here and there, like, brotherhood didn't really come alive to me until the last few years. Yeah. And I think it's like you said, it's very vital, like, to be connected to a local church, to be around brothers that are going to check you and love, you know, and tell you, hey, man, you're off, bro. You're, you're, you're messing up. And um, I tell people, like, we, we, I don't know if this makes sense to most people, but, like, if Jesus could do it alone, he wouldn't have picked 12 dudes to follow him. Like, there's a reason for 12 guys. There's a reason for the local church. There's a reason for Bible study, and there's a reason for it's deeper than just all hanging out and having food and, and, you know, buying each other coffee and shirts, whatever. It's a brotherhood. It's a accountability. It's checking one another. So I appreciate that you, you brought that up as well. You know, some people don't think they need the local church. You know, they, they don't need fellowship. They don't That's need actually a requirement for us, bro. Mm, come on, come on. Be, hey, talk to me, talk to me. Right, and so I appreciate cool. you, uh, you bringing that up. So as we come to a close, I always love to do this, uh, I know you shared a lot on your heart and you're probably going to share it again, but, you know, I always tell everybody, you know, like 
the Bible says that life, uh, you know, life is but a vapor. Yes. You know, like we've learned in the last couple of years that you could see somebody on Monday and Monday night, they're gone. Monday afternoon, they're gone. You're like, I just talked to this dude. I just seen him on social media. I just, uh, he just had his uh, birthday and he's gone. And man, if I, I, I had an opportunity and I didn't take it or, you know, so we know that tomorrow's promised to no one. And, uh, you know, life is but a vapor and things, things, things change in an instant. And uh, we've seen that day after day and month after month. If you had one last message, one last scripture, uh, who would it be to and what would it be? Well, something that's changed during this this time, you know, um, my dad passed away um, unexpectedly. And, um, you know, something changed in me where I heard um, a couple of people, preachers say this. Um, I'm preaching like a dying man unto dying man. Like this message that we have is the answer to spiritual cancer. Like we could literally change someone's eternity by sharing this message. It's not us. We're just the messengers. But we know that the message of the gospel is the power of God and the salvation. And you change, you could change someone's eternity. And by changing that person's eternity, his whole household, his everybody that he, that's where I, 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 um, the 12 disciples, right, were here today, right? So with the same way, when we share that gospel and we're commanded to do that, we're mandated to do that, um, we need to get out there and do it, man. Like your neighbor, your family member, if you don't know the gospel, God will teach you. Just study, read the word. Man, it's so vital. It's so vital to share this message because there is a place called hell, right? And it was prepared for Satan and his demons. And what we know about it is there's no rest there, right? And um, there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And we know a lot more about it. I don't want to get into it, but it's a place that nobody wants to be. And you have, when you know, the Bible says you have power, life, and death in the tongue. This is the power. You have the gospel. That's That gives eternal life. You want to see signs and wonders? You preach the gospel and you'll see a dead man raised to life in Christ. You'll see deaf ears open and blind eyes see and hearts of stone turn to hearts of flesh. No greater miracle. And the greatest revelation that there could ever be when, when Peter, when Jesus said, Peter, who do you say that I am? He said, thou art the Christ, son of the living God. And he goes, only my father in heaven could reveal that to you. So I want to encourage you guys to preach the gospel. And if you don't know it, take a class, um, listen to it online, um, Google it, whatever. And God's going to teach you because he answers everything according to his will. And his will is for people to be saved. And he wants to use you, anybody. So I'm going to give you this one last scripture. It said, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me, right? Therefore, go, right? He tells us to preach the gospel to all creation, teaching them what I commanded, right? baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he says, I will be with you all the way to the end. You have Christ with us, Christ in us. The Holy Spirit, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We have no excuse not to go share this good news. Mm, come on. I, I knew you were going to bring it. I knew you were going to bring it. <laughs> Amen. So as we uh, as we close, go ahead. And if anyone wants to get a hold of you, they want to support the ministry by merch, Support the uh, support the music. Support the Bible study. Can you uh, give us a shout out? And also, where you guys are meeting for the Bible study on that weekly? Amen. Yeah. So um, you can go to www.outsidersbrand.com. 
or find us on Instagram at Outsiders Brand and connect you. Go to our link tree. It'll connect you with everything. We have a, a, a sub a co-brand with Miles Minute called God Put Me On Brand. Uh, we have the Outsiders Music Group and we have Outsiders Brand. And then you can connect with my son's ministry, which is Bear On Fruit, um, which he, you know, that's another story. Maybe one day he can interview. <laughs> Come on, let's get it. Yeah. Vince, uh, Vince, uh, what is he? Is he Vince? He's, he's the fifth. He's the fifth. Well, I'm Pookie Johnson the third. I don't know if that means anything to you. <laughs> but uh, um, the weekly Bible study, uh, what park is it at and what time are you guys meeting? Is it consistent? Is it every week? Is it every two weeks? Every Tuesday at seven o'clock. Um, we recently took it to um, took it to the um, a different spot. We're not at the park right now. We're in the collection. It's like a it's like an outdoor mall. There's a lot of people like are trying to that it's active right there. People are getting stabbed in the cardboard and and mm -hmm. um people are trying to, you know, take kids and stuff like that. So um a lot of uh, bougie people, a lot of um kids from the local neighborhood are there. So we just wanted to be there for a season. Amen. We gotta be there where the needs at, amen. Yeah. Amen. Uh, well I, I appreciate your time, I appreciate your wisdom. I appreciate your heart, man. Thank you for coming through and sharing your life, your testimony, the word of God. Uh, man, I'm, I'm super blessed right now, brother. I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for your ministry, for your exampleship. And uh, I just wanted to encourage you, um, if I could, is keep doing what you're doing, boss. I appreciate you. Like, you know, a lot of people have said, you know, hey, he's calling out names. He's saying things. And I said, but that's what we should be doing. So let 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 uh, can, uh, let Vince be an inspiration. Like the goal is not to to ruffle feathers to ruffle feathers. You know to what to do I have nice. to gain? What do I have to gain from calling you lose. names? Like you lose. Yeah, because honestly, I got a lot of support from different ministries that I'm not as. It's not that I don't. I I rock with everybody, bro. I'm just not rocking with the decision. Yeah, you know man. I, mean? I affirm them as brothers in Christ. I love them. I'm just not happy about the decision, but the the person that's being endorsed, I do not rock with. He's a heretic and a false teacher. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's not he's not a brother in Christ. But some of my brothers in Christ work with him. Mm. That's the that's my issue. Not the ministry, not the people. Like I'll mm. I'll do stuff with everybody. I'm just not gonna. I guess I, I what I would say is I'm not gonna put the ministry on anything that I do. But I will mm -hmm. work with them individually, right? Because everybody's an in individual, right? It's just, uh, it's a touchy subject right now. And I'm over that subject because I said my piece. I've reached Amen. out. Now, like, it's not on my hands no more. I just got to use what I see that's wrong and use it for fire to do what's right. Amen. And but I'm not going to perfect. So feel free, man. You see something out of pocket on me, call me out. You know what? We all got to be teachable and humble. You show me the scriptures, I'm going to say amen. Let's get it. Like I, shared, I shared that someone said, hey, you're overweight. I say amen. I'm working on it. I'm walking in repentance. I cut out sugar going in the gym. Amen. Just because you don't see the results here doesn't mean I'm not repenting. Mm, you know what I mean? Well, you call, if you want to call something out, call something else out. Amen. I was about to say God's looking for fat people, faithful, available, and teachable. <laughs> but amen, man. I love it's oh, a journey. Ahead. It's a journey. Amen. And I don't got it together, and I hope, like, if I'm off, man, someone call me out. Because if you tell me I'm doing something unbiblical, I say, hey, man, show me in the Bible. Mm. Let's do it. 
Hey, man, that's what I love about you. Like I said, I don't know you day to day. I'm not hanging out with you at the house. But one thing I do know is the one uh, the thing that I know is you've said it over and over. Hey, man, if I'm doing something wrong, call me out. That's fine. It's, it is what it is. And so that I appreciate about you. And again, I thank you for coming through. I know you're a busy man. And I, and I know that uh, you, you have a lot of things to do, but thank you for taking time to come and speak with me. I appreciate you. And uh, thank you, bro. And till next time, God bless you. Bless, bro. Amen. Amen. What an amazing time in the Lord. My brother Vince Serrano, I believe, hopefully I said his last name right, uh, from the Outsiders brand, uh, uh, Outsiders Music Group. Um, he has a Bible study there. He gave the information outreaching, uh, preaching the gospel. One of the things I love about my brother Vince is his love for the word of God and for the gospel. And, you know, he, he's willing to die for that, willing to fight for that, where some people have, you know, polluted it and made it something it isn't, you know. And um, so I want to thank it. I want to thank him for coming through. Go ahead and rep go ahead and um, get up, go over there on Outsiders brand. Um, his uh, IG, I'll, I'll put his Facebook, his IG, his website in the uh, description. But again, we want to thank you guys for tuning in, for supporting the AV podcast. Uh, hopefully I can have a son very soon. I know we're getting ready to um, to do uh, our next, um, our next interview is going to be a marriage couple, and they're going to talk about the four elements of marriage. Hopefully that comes next. Uh, my wife will be making her way within uh, the next month to do her testimony as well. So we're going to be super blessed. I got, uh, we're also launching a, another, uh, uh, podcast, uh, with my brother, Anthony Zubiati. It's going to be a, a knockoff from this one. And we're going to talk about men's, it's going to be a men's podcast. It's going to be called encourage men, I believe. And, um, so God is doing a lot of things. Um, if you want to, uh, if you have any ideas for any, uh, guests that you want me to interview, you can always, uh, DM me and, and, and give me their profile. I'll, I'll, I'll chop it up with them and we'll see if they fit. Until next time, I want to thank everybody for all their love and support. Don't forget I'm on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music. You can find me on all digital platforms, Facebook, Instagram, The People's Preacher, David Mendoza. God bless you. Have a wonderful night. And remember, in everything you do, give God glory. God bless. Cuckoo. This is like the the hardest thing is when you close because you like you want to be cool but you're not going to be cool